If you have your Bibles this morning, I encourage you to get those out and turn with me to uh, Psalm 100. It's good to be back with you today and uh, after being off for a week and um, very thankful for that time. Grateful for Pastor Travis and Pastor Jaron who both um, were able to speak for us the last couple of weeks and didn't they do a wonderful job? Uh, Just a wonderful job. We're thankful for them. Yeah. And grateful for um, the way the Lord is using them and has used them. Psalm 100, we begin a new series today. uh, The series entitled Seasons. Uh, Fall is, I think, at least for today, in full swing, right? Uh, We can't decide quite what it wants to do, but it seems like it's rolling around. And at least everywhere you look, it's beginning to look like fall. You see the pumpkins and the the hay and the leaves are are beginning to change just slightly, especially if you go a little farther north, you're beginning to see it a little bit more. Um, But you can begin to hear the advertisements already for all of the ours for fall festival and all the festivals coming up. Pumpkin Spice. Yeah, okay, I knew we'd have some pumpkin spice lovers, right? Um, it's that time of year, so everywhere you turn, everything is, is pumpkin spice. Uh, not to v- mention football is starting up. If you're a football fan, the baseball season, uh, for Major League anyway, is winding down. It won't be long, and those of you who enjoy raking leaves will be excited and happy about that task to do. And uh, those fireplaces that have set dormant since uh, mid to late spring will finally begin to have new life in them Again, the seasons are changing. And isn't it interesting? And I don't know, you know, I know all of you probably have a favorite season and everybody's is different in what you like. There's even some who like winter. Okay, one. One who likes winter. A couple, all right, all right, good. You know, so all the seasons are different, but they each bring their own um, neat things to our lives. And I'm thankful for seasons that change, aren't you? And the reality is this, our seasons change not only in nature, but our seasons change spiritually too. Have you noticed that? There are different seasons of our lives spiritually. And um, Solomon, the writer of the book of Ecclesiastes, um, we're not going to spend a lot of time there today, but I thought to introduce this sermon series, it would be good for us to hear these words from Solomon, who describes it pretty well. Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Even Solomon, as he describes here, he recognized that in his life he's seen just the changing of seasons, the changing of times around him. Just as the season changes in nature, they change in our lives as well. There are different seasons that we go through, and in this sermon series, while just by reading through all the different things that Solomon explains here, you could see that you could spend a lot of time describing a lot of different seasons that we go through, and we won't do all of that, but I'm going to take the next three or four weeks and just talk about a a few of the main seasons that I think we experience and that we face in our lives, and what God's faithfulness looks like in those seasons, and, and, and how we should respond to those seasons when they come 
our way. And so today we're going to start with really what I would think is probably for most of us a, a favorite spiritual season. At least it is for me. It's one of my favorites. It's the season of praise. Aren't you thankful for seasons of your life where all you can do is just reflect on the goodness and the glory of God? If you're grateful for that, say amen. Now, as you're going to see, as we talk about these different seasons, in every season there are pieces of, other, of the other seasons within them. In other words, as we talk about a season of suffering down the road, there's also, even in the midst of suffering, times to praise God. Amen? Even in the midst of that. So praise isn't just reduced to this one season, but there are just times in our life where we're just so bubbling over with the goodness of God that we can't help give him glory and honor and praise day after day after day after day because we sense him so close and because he has been so good. And I think this psalm here in Psalm 100 gives us uh, some words in just five verses that, that I don't know what, how you react when you read them, but I can't read them and not respond with just giving God glory. So let me paint this picture for you that one commentator that I read painted for me. Think about this with me this morning. Psalm 100 being read many, many, many years ago. Imagine with me this morning that you've made that long journey, that long trek to the city of Jerusalem, and there you're going to worship. It's been a much anticipated journey. You've looked forward to making this trek, this journey to Jerusalem for many, many months now. And finally, you've made your way there. You've arrived at the temple. You've walked all of that way up the mountain to Jerusalem, to the temple, and you're there. And as you arrive to the temple, before you enter, you turn around and you look back on where you've come from. You look back toward the place where you live. And remember, Jerusalem sits very high. And so as you look back, you're going to see this incredible view all across the distant lands. Not only to your hometown, but also to other places where people of a different race live. And people of a different nation live. And people who speak different languages live. Different tribes those who look different than you, those who talk different than you, those who act different than you. And as you're standing there with the temple door just behind you, and as you're looking out back to where you made your journey from and to all those nations surrounding, these words are spoken. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth, think of it. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And then this declaration, know the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. Think of it, declaring that in front of the temple to all the nations, it's the Lord that is God. We are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And it's clear as these words are read, really as these words are declared from the temple, that it was meant for the whole world to hear. From the heart of the psalmist flows these words of praise and glory and adoration, the heart so full of thanksgiving to God for how amazing he is that the psalmist wants the world to know 
that my God, he is worthy of praise. I wonder this morning, do you want the world to know that your God is worthy of praise? You see, sometimes I feel like we struggle to say it in here. And if we struggle to say it in here that my God is worthy of praise, how much more might we struggle to say it out there? Our God is worthy of praise, amen? And so this morning, I I want us to look at what this season of praise looks like and how this psalm can help capture the feelings and emotions for us during this season to lift our praise to God. I want you to see, first of all, this morning that we praise during this season because of who we serve, because of who we serve. We serve an amazing God. He's worthy of our praise because of the way he works among us and is with us every single moment of every single day. Listen again to these first couple of verses. It says, shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Let me read it to you from the King James Version. Hear what it says. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. During this season of praise, it's important for us to remember that praise within us needs to come out of us. Isn't that what the psalmist is saying? That that the feeling, that the joyful feeling that we have inside of how good God is, it needs to come out of us. Make a joyful noise. He says, worship the Lord joyfully, sing joyfully. And if we're not careful, we can come away with the idea that this idea of being happy and joyful only should happen when we gather for worship. And here's why, because a lot of times we think about worship being, I'm going to go to worship, what am I gonna go do? I'm gonna go to church. And when we talk about even our church service, we talk about, well, let's, let's have praise and worship. And normally, what do we think about when we think about praise and worship? Music, right? And so if we're not careful when we think about worshiping the Lord with gladness, we can reduce this idea of worship all the way down to the times when we gather together for worship in church on a Sunday morning and we are singing. Now, here's the reality. Are we worshiping when we're gathering for church on a Sunday morning and we're singing? We should be, right? I mean, it's a wonderful time of of worship and praising God, but there's so much more to this idea of worshiping the Lord with gladness, and I don't want us to miss it. You see, I wonder how praise might be viewed differently in our lives in this season of, of praise and thanksgiving to God if we would apply this literal translation of this Hebrew word found in the King James here. I think it does the best job of translation of this word. It's the first word in verse two. The NIV says, worship the Lord with gladness, but the King James said, and this is the best translation from the Hebrew, worship, it says, it says, serve the Lord with gladness. In other words, it encompasses everything that we do, every day of the week, in everything we say, in everything we do, it should be serving him with gladness, worshiping him in every conversation, worshiping him in every activity, finding ways to lift up praise to a God who is worthy. This literal idea would be in this season of praise. I'm living out my life every moment of every day in praise and worship to a God who is worthy of all my praise. 
Isn't that a beautiful idea? So it's not limited to any time or space. It's the idea of worshiping God all the time. Think about it like this. I, I painted this picture for you of this guy who's made this journey to, the, to Jerusalem with this back to the temple, and he's declaring this, this psalm. What if when our back is to the door this morning as we're leaving? What if when our back is to the door this morning as we are leaving, we leave determined this week to point often to the God of our salvation in what we say and what we do, the ones who, are, who is our helper and our provider and our healer and our strength giver, the one who's given us peace, the one who's brought salvation into our life. What if we would walk away this morning determined to let others know how great our God is? Think back on the week. Have you praised God at work this week? Have you given God the glory for what he's done for you recently where you work? Or among your family or your friends? Hey, you know, God's really been good to me. Has God been good to you? Hey, you know, God's really been good to me. I'm so blessed. You know, we can say it with words, but we can also say it with actions. By the things that we do for others, we can worship the Lord. We can serve him with gladness. We can point to him. We can, we can praise him in so many different ways. Can I, can I just tell you, I, this idea has been floating around in my mind about, Lord, help me to identify new ways where I can just extend your grace and give you praise in different situations. And a crazy one came to me this week. Are you ready? It's a little crazy. I was sitting over here, um, if you travel the road like I do, back and forth toward the west side of town or even headed that, that way, you know the, the intersection I'm talking about. But last week I was sitting over here by Cummins um, on Central Avenue and I'm headed toward downtown, okay? There's a stoplight there that sometimes is a stoplight and sometimes is a flashing yellow depending on Cummins' need, right? You know what we're talking about? I'm facing downtown, I'm headed that way. I am actually stopped at that stoplight and I'm in my truck. And if you know about what happens, as soon as you go through that stoplight, everything what? Begins to merge down because you got to turn to go downtown. And very, very few people will come around you and then turn left onto State Street. Are most of you with me? Okay, I figured you would be. I'm at that stoplight. I'm in my truck. Now, my truck has a V8 in it. Almost 400 horsepower. I'm sitting at that light. Up beside me pulls a, pulls a Toyota Prius. I look over at her, and I know exactly what she's doing, and so do you. She has passed a line of traffic. It's later in the afternoon. The traffic is lined up there. She has passed that whole line of traffic. She's pulled up beside me with hopes of what? You bet it. You better believe it, right? She's wanting to get around me so she can go downtown and be the first one down there and pass that whole line of traffic. You're thinking what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you've got to be kidding me. And as I sat there, the Lord reminded me of what I'm speaking about to you today. <laughs> now think about this. I have a choice to make in that moment. Now, does she have a clue? No, she doesn't really have a clue. But in that moment, the light turned green, and I sat still. And after about, oh, oh I better be careful. You might have a Prius. She very quickly accelerated, took her place in front of me, and I followed her through town. Do you know what I said in that moment? 
I said, Lord, I thank you today for the grace that you extend me every single day. Because the reality is this, I don't deserve his grace either. How about you? And yet day after day, God extends that grace to me, helps me to find, and so in that moment, it was just like, okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your grace, right? In moments where I don't deserve it. And I was able to praise him for that. I praise you for the grace that you've given me. You see, it's in these moments where it's like we turn to the world. She has no idea, right? She has no idea. But there are other moments when people are going to know full well that they've been extended grace by you. And it's in those moments where you have the opportunity to magnify our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because there's no doubt that you should have never responded the way you just responded. And yet you offer grace. And guess who gets the glory and who's magnified? It's our Father in heaven. If you're thankful for a God who gives grace, say amen. Can we let the song of our heart and the song of our life be lifted up as praise to God every single day of the week? We can praise during this season because of who we serve, and we can also praise during this season because of what we know. Verse 3 says, Know, know that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. In this season of praise, we can lift our voice to God because of the assurance that we have that he alone is God. He is our creator. Aren't you thankful that you know the creator this morning? He is our creator. He is the creator of all things. But, but, but here's what we need to know in our seasons of praise, is that not only did he create us, but we belong to him. You belong to God this morning. You belong to him. The psalmist says it three times. It's so important that he says it three times here. He made us, we are his, we are his people. He made us, we are his, we are his people. The sheep of his pasture, you belong to him. In other words, no matter how this world may make you feel this morning, can I remind you today that you will never be alone. You belong to the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are his prized possession today. You belong to him. He will never, ever, ever, ever abandon you. He will never turn his back on you. Your account is never empty with God. The well never runs dry with him. Can I say that again? Your account is never empty with God. He is our provider the well never runs dry with him. He claims ownership of you. And here's the beautiful analogy given. The beautiful analogy given. We are his, and here's how he cares for us. He will lead you as a shepherd leads his sheep. We can praise God for that today. He will lead us as a shepherd leads his sheep. And of course, maybe like you, I, my mind immediately, when I think about the shepherd and the sheep, immediately runs to Psalm 23. And it's a psalm that like, probably most of you could quote. We could probably recite most of it together. Um, I share it. Like, 
don't know how many um, funerals I've preached in the last 25 years, but I shared it probably at most every funeral, and it's because of the comfort and the richness of the words that come from Psalm 23. And when people's world is turned upside down, isn't it, aren't you glad to know that there's a God who cares and brings comfort? But think about this with me, what it means to be the sheep of his pasture. Um, and it's just filled with reasons to give God praise. I want to read it from the message this morning, which is a paraphrase of Psalm 23, okay? It's different, but I'm, I'm doing that this morning intentionally because I want you to hear it differently. Because we, both, we all know, right, what happens is I read it from the NIV or the King James that you're used to, and I get about two sentences in, and you're reciting it with me, but you're not hearing it. Hear it this morning, okay? Think about this. You are a sheep that's being led by your shepherd. Psalm 23, the message. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You've bedded me down in lush meadows. You find quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid when you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You, receive, you, you revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. I mean, think of just those short six verses, all of the things that we have to be thankful for and give God praise for that we are his sheep being led by a shepherd who loves and cares for us. In a season of praise, it normally follows, think about it, a season of praise normally follows a really difficult time that we've been through. And yet God has proven himself faithful and we come out of that really hard time and now we find ourselves with a whole lot of reasons to give God praise. And I want you to reflect for just a moment this morning and think about the ways that God has provided. For you know that he's your shepherd and that he provides for your every need. If you're glad for that, say amen. He guides you. He leads you in the right way. We don't have to have fear ruling over us because God is right there. He will never leave us. Aren't you glad for that? When we get off course, our shepherd is there to gently guide us back on track. Thankful for the times when my head is drooping low and God through his spirit comes along and, and gently lifts my head to see that he is still there with me draws me into his presence. Now think about this. All of those things I've just said, guess what? Six verses of scripture. All of those descriptions of God, and there's probably more that you could pick out than I mentioned. Six verses of scripture. Think about that. The scriptures are filled with reasons to praise the Lord. We should never struggle to give God praise. Here's why. Because of what we know because of what we know about God and because of what we know about what he's promised to do. We need to embrace this season of praise in our life with a heart of thanksgiving for what we know. For what we, know. we praise him for who he is, for what we know, and we also praise him because we have 
access. Look at verse 4 with me from Psalm 100. Again, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This invitation to come actually comes two times in these short verses that we see here in Psalm 100. He invites us in verse 2 to come into his presence. The same word here he uses again in verse 4 where he says, enter into his presence, enter into his, his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We have access to God. If you're thankful today that you have access to him, say amen. I want to paint a contrast for you this morning. You see, our access is much greater than it was in the days before Jesus. And I think sometimes we forget this, and so we, take, we kind of take for granted the fact that we can come before Jesus. But I very briefly want you to think with me about this. The writer of he- Hebrews does a great job in, in uh, helping us to understand what, w- what was taking place in the temple and, and, and how that, that, the, that the average person was really never allowed to enter very far even into the temple in, in, before, in Jesus' day, before the, the crucifixion. In fact, here's the reality. If you, fa- if you fell into, and you do, and I do, if you fell into 99% of the world's population at that time, that wasn't Jewish, you could only get as close as the Gentile court. Look with me here. Okay, so the temple is here in the center. The Gentile court was out here on, on, on your left-hand side. That's as close as you could get. You'll see up there in the, at the top, the main temple, the holy place, the most holy place, where, where the presence of God dwelled. As close as you could get was a Gentile court. That's as close as you could get. Now, if you were, if you were blessed enough to be in that 1% of the world's population that was Jewish at this time, you could get a little further. Half of that 1% were Jewish women. And so if you, were, if you were a Jew and you were a woman, you could enter here into the court of women, which still is a long way from access to the temple where the presence of God dwell. Beyond that, if you were the other half of 1% Jewish men, you could enter on end to the court of Israel. You go just a little bit farther. You had a little more access, but still not access into the presence of God. Beyond that, you had to be a Jew and a male and a priest. And if you were a Jewish male priest, then you could go a little bit closer. You could go into that main temple area. But the holiest place was reserved for one man, the high priest. And he could only enter into that holy place where the presence of God dwelled on one day of the year, the Day of Atonement. You see, it was exclusive. The presence of God was an exclusive place for one man, one day of the year. It was restricted. But when Jesus came, aren't you thankful there's a but in that story? But when Jesus came, when Jesus Christ came to this earth and he, and, he, and, he, and he went all the way to the cross and he hung on the cross and his blood was shed for us. If you remember from scripture, what scripture tells us is that the veil and the temple was torn in two from top all the way to the bottom and it opened up that day. And the reason that happened is because the message was sent once and for all. You have access to God. And that should make us cheer this morning. And can we just clap? Come on, clap with me. We have access. We can come before the throne of grace. You 
and me. We're not limited. We don't have to go through another human being. We don't have to ask and bring sacrifice. All we have to do is come before a God that loves us and fall down before him in, in, in a spirit of attitude and praise and thank him for all that he has done and we can pour our heart out to him all because of what Jesus has done. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Here it is from Scripture. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, remember the place that we couldn't go before. The Hebrew writer has said, hey, there's a holy place that we can go where the presence of God dwells. We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Okay, he's saying because of the sacrifice of the body of Christ, this curtain has been opened. And since we have a great high priest, Jesus himself, over the house of God, let us draw near to God. The invitation Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of faith and assurance, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. The writer of the Hebrews is saying, you have access today. And even all of these years ago when Psalm 100 was written, I believe that these words were a foreshadowing of what was to come. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Not just outside the temple, but make your way into the presence. Can I just remind you today that this is not just an invitation to enter his presence, but this is an invitation, think of this, to live in his presence. To live in the very presence of God. Enter his gates, come and enter. You have access. Come with thanksgiving. Come with praise. Give thanks to him. Living in his presence every day. As we we turn our back to the church today, as we walk out, guess what? We've spent time in God's presence. Aren't you glad? But his spirit goes with us. And we live in his presence as we go. And even in, the, even in the harshest situations outside of these walls, even the most difficult work situations or home situations or circumstances that we face, even in the most difficult places like that, because his Holy Spirit dwells in us and we live in his presence, guess what? We take him with us into those places. And he is there. And we live in his presence in those moments, refocusing our hearts and minds back to the fact, constantly, that we are so blessed because at any moment, day or night, we don't have to come here. We don't have to come here to offer our praise to God. We don't have to come here to to call out upon his name, but anywhere we are day or night, we have access to him. And praise is the key to his presence. His word tells us what? He inhabits the praises of his people. Aren't you thankful that when we gather together and we begin to worship him and we lift up praise to him that you sense his presence come? Why is that? Because he's promised to come. And can I just remind you today, if you've not experienced that he's promised to come when you're at home and you're giving him praise, or when you're in your car and you're giving him praise, or wherever you are and you're giving God praise, he's promised that he will come because he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise is the key to the presence of God. Just try it sometime. Right? Just try it sometime. 
just become determined that I'm going to begin to give God praise. I'm going to start thanking him for how good he is to me and experience what happens next. Because what happens? He draws near, right? Praise is the key. A few weeks ago, I went to an auction. Now, some of you maybe have gone to auctions before. In fact, we have a former uh, auctioneer in our presence today. Um, Has a lot of experience in that. But maybe you've went before and you've experienced that. For me, it was a fairly new experience. Just a few weeks ago, I went to an auction. And, and uh, you know, it, it was interesting just to watch the, the people and watch what takes place there. Um, haven't done a lot of that. But I was amazed by all the things people buy. I did enjoy it quite a bit. In fact, I kind of got caught up in, in buying some things that kind of made me chuckle. Here's one purchase that I made. A little salt and pepper shaker there. I don't know. They just kind of spoke to me. I don't know what it is about it, but... Another one that I bought, I bought some old uh, kitchen appliances that have uh, been around a while. I don't know, a couple bucks, I think. So if you need something, let me know. Probably help you out. One thing that I thought was kind of cool, I didn't buy this, but one thing that I thought was kind of cool, it was an auction I was at a few a couple weeks ago, was this, uh, this clock. It's an old mantel clock, and um, the auctioneer, he began to talk about it. A lot of times, you know, things that they're hoping to bring a little more money, they kind of talk up a little bit. And so he was talking about this mantel clock and went on about kind of that it was and the value. And, and he said, um, he said, now this is a clock that winds. He said, we've got the key here uh, for it. And he said, uh, told the guy that was helping him, he said, check the clock. And so they opened the back of the clock and they're looking for this key for the clock. And, the, and they looked and the key wasn't in there. So his wife was, um, auctioneer's wife was there at the table. She, he said, Ch- check and see if we got the key up here. And so they're looking for the key. And after a minute or so, uh, 90 seconds had passed, he said, you know, I, I don't know, this is a, comes from a meticulous house. We've got all the manuals for all the other things we're selling. Da, 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 da. He said, but we can't find the key, so just know that you're buying this clock without the key. Now, here's what I thought. I thought, what good is a clock without the key, right? I mean, it's not going to keep time. It's just going to sit there and look like, what good is it? Well, the auction started, and what probably was a clock worth, I don't know, a few hundred dollars sold for almost nothing. And so, uh, I don't know, I didn't think much more about it, kind of went on, and, and a few days later I got home, and, and I got uh, out my box of appliances that I bought. And I'm pulling those things out, and one by one I'm looking at these appliances, you know, and, and just, you know, marveling over how, <clears throat> what was I thinking, you know? What am I and um, I'm pulling them out, setting them on the table, and kind of looking at, looking them up, see what they're worth, this and that. And I get down to the bottom of this box, and there's a Ziploc bag down there. And I think, is that like an attachment to one of these appliances or something? And I pull out that Ziploc bag, and here's what it was. It was the keys to that crazy clock that I didn't buy. And I thought, what good are keys without a clock? <laughs> thought about it for a few minutes, and all of a sudden it dawned on me. I got I to gotta get these keys to that guy. So I called the auctioneer, and I said, hey, uh, told him who I was, and I said, you're not going to believe this, but told him a story, found these keys. I said, can you help me get these keys back to the guy that bought that clock? He said, you know what, I, I know who bought it. He would love, I'm sure, to have those, have those keys. And I said, well, I'll sell them to him. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said, <laughs> I said, I would love to get these keys back in the hands of that man that bought the clock. And so he's working on connecting us um, to get those back. Here's what I thought about. How many times do we live our lives holding in our hand the key to the presence of God? 
we hold in our hand the key to the presence of God, and that is to give him what? Praise and the glory, sincerely, the honor that he deserves. To remember often in every season to worship him and thank him and to live lives that point to him and magnify him in front of others. It's the key to everything else, right? His presence, and we hold that key in our hands, and yet rarely, so often, do we take the key and put it together. Folks, can I just tell you today, we need to praise God, and, and he inhabits the praises of his people. In our seasons of praise, we need to find ourselves rejoicing often in his presence and giving him thanks for all that he is. It's the key to the presence of God, the praise that we give him, because we have access. We have the key, the access is praise, and begin to magnify him. And that's why the song that the praise team sang this morning is so fitting. I will sing praise no matter what, God. I'm going to lift you up because of who you are so I can be in your presence. And lastly, we give praise because he is. This last verse is one that you just have to meditate on and think about. Verse five. We praise during this season because God is, for the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. He is so good. The world needs to hear from you today that the God we serve is good. Can you say God is good with me? Ready? God is is good. That's the message. It's not hard. God is so good. It's what the world needs to hear from you today. You see, the the message being spread around our world about God is not that he's good. And yet, we can be ambassadors of that message just by praising God where we go. Our God is good. God, you're so good. Has God been good to you? God, you're so good. Help us, Lord, to share it. The Lord is good. His love endures, his, his love endures forever. His love is unfailing. His love is unfailing. His love is unending. His love never ends. It never fails. Can I just remind you today that the world around us today needs to hear that we serve a God who is loving And they not only need to hear it from you, but can I just tell you this morning, they need to experience the love of God through you. As you praise God, you praise God. As silly as it sounds, okay? It's a silly illustration, but as silly as it sounds, you express God's love when you let that Prius go around you. You express God's love when when you hesitate just a little bit in that conversation to make sure it's not just needs to go just a little bit deeper than how you're doing today. You express God's love when you, when you just come along some, beside someone and extend something to them that they were not expecting, but you completely do it because God, you sense God prompting you to do it. I wasn't gonna share this because it kind of bothered me to share it just because I didn't want the attention to be on me, but let me just share with you an example. Use this as an example, not here, but just as an example. <laughs> I don't know, now it sounds funny. We went to an auction while we were on vacation in Upper State, New York, just to experience something different. And there was a, and I bought, some, bought something. And there was a guy there who saw something in the box I bought. It was a, a commemorative plate for the Kodak Company from 1980. It was kind of a silver plate. 
And it had something on it, but it was kind of remembering, like, I don't know, 100 years of the Kodak company being in business. I bought this box, and the guy who was bidding against me, it was just a few dollars, the guy who was bidding, came up, came up to me as soon as I bought it. He said, would you sell that plate to me? I'm like, I don't know. Like, what are you thinking? He said, five bucks. And so I said, well, give me a second, because I want to see what's in the box. So I looked at it, and I said, okay, I'll sell it to you. He gave me a $5 bill, and he walked away. About five minutes later, the guy comes back up to me, and he said, hey, I just wanted to tell you, the reason I wanted that plate is he said, I worked for the Kodak company for 40 years. Isn't that cool? 40 years. I worked for him for 40 years. I retired in, 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 in 1991. He said, um, I remember 1980 when they were given these plates out. He said, there were three, it was a three-plate set, and you could pick one. He said, I have the other two, and I, ha I didn't have that one. And he said, I was really wanting it. I said, well, I'm, I'm glad you got it. And then he went on to tell me about working for the Kodak company and, and just all about, you know, the, the good things and the bad and all those things. And so when we got all done, I just felt prompted. I reached in my pocket, I got that $5 bill, and I said, your story was worth $5. I thought the guy was going to fall down. I said, God bless you. You know, he came back to me about 15 minutes later, and you know what he said? He just, he, he, I, I didn't talk to him anymore that night, but he walked by me, and he kind of bumped me on the arm. He said, I'm framing that $5 bill. Can I just tell you that little acts of love and kindness, we never, ever know. I just felt prompted. I don't even know why. I mean, I do now, but I didn't then, right? We never know. And when we're living in God's presence, and we're willing to say, you know what? God, I just want to express your love to others in whatever way, in whatever way. The only thing I said to him about God was, God bless you. But guess what? God, through his Holy Spirit, can put all kinds of things together that you and I can never do. It's not about what we say. It's about the obedience in the moment of what we do, right? God is love, and he wants to express his love through you. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. His faithfulness continues today. We talked about it a few weeks ago, but just think back how many generations that applies to now. Thousands of generations have passed. Not one time has my God failed. Amen? He's faithful. You see, we can tell people around us that God is faithful. In seasons of praise, guess what? We can praise God for his faithfulness. In seasons of hardship, in seasons that aren't so great, we can say, you know what? It may not feel so good right now, but one thing I know, my God is faithful. He is faithful, he is faithful, he is faithful, he is faithful. I don't know why you're going through what you're going through. I don't know why you're experiencing what you're experiencing. I don't understand all there is about that theologically. This kind of messes with me. I don't get all of this, but one thing I know, God is faithful. He's good, he's loving, and he never fails. What a simple message that we just need to live out among the people that we are around every day, and when we do, it's reasons for praise and glory and honor to the king every day. I don't know what season that you're in today, but the greatest way that we can respond in praise this morning, no matter what season that we're in. The greatest response that we can have today, and Lord, help me to give you the praise and glory that you deserve every day of my life, every place I go. The greatest way that we can say and make that commitment 
is to come together with the elements of communion. Because let me remind you, this celebrates the fact that we have immediate access to the Father. This celebrates the fact that Jesus paid the price so that we're not held at a distance, but in a moment we are in his presence, and his presence goes with us every place we go. And this morning as we take these elements and as we celebrate that, I encourage you to give God praise and to say, Lord, help me to praise you and worship you as my back is to the door. As I'm walking away this morning from the church, from the temple, as I'm walking away from this building, Lord, help everything in my life, all that I say and do, and look for opportunities to give you the praise and the glory that you deserve. I'd like for the praise team, if they would, to come at this time and prepare um, uh, the music for us during communion. I'd like for you to bow your heads with me, if you would, for a moment as they're coming, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're grateful this morning. We're thankful, Lord, that you have been with us today. We're thankful for the love and the grace and the mercy that you've shown us. We're thankful this morning that in every season we can choose to praise you, but we're especially thankful for this season of praise that, that we have in our life where, Lord, you've just been so good and we can just bubble over with glory and honor and praise to you. And, Lord, this morning, if that's the season that we're in, I pray that this psalm would be just uh, a perfect guidebook for us to be able to just use to praise and worship you. But Lord, even if we're not in that season, I pray this morning that many things we've shared and talked about today would be reasons to give you praise. I pray, Lord, that as we come and we gather for this time of communion, that your Holy Spirit would settle in upon us in a very special way, that, Lord, you would remind us of the sacrifice that you paid on the cross, not only to forgive us of our sins, but to give us access to the Father. We're thankful for forgiveness. We're thankful for access. And we pray, Lord, today that your Holy Spirit would remind us of the holy, the holy things, Lord, in these moments and that we would praise you for that. Give us the boldness that we need uh, to take your goodness and your love and your, and your faithfulness, Lord, to those around us. We love you this morning. We just thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.